this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. This call is being recorded. Just dance. Just dance. <laughs> Good evening, family. Father God, we come to you humble before you tonight on the 27th of October, 23. Mm. Father God, we thank you for this day, this week, this moment, this hour, this second. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love, your favor, and just for keeping us, Father God. Truly, for some, self-included, it has been a trying week, but you have enabled us to prevail, and we thank you, Father God. We call on you, Father God, tonight in Bible study, touch the pastor, touch all those that are on the call and those that are present, that we have an uplifting, enlightenment, and beneficial Bible study. Let it let it resonate through each and every one of us. We thank Michael for being present again here at the Rock. And Father God, we just pray that you just have your way in this holy temple. I should ever ever give you the praise and the glory. Oh God, in Lord. Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. I need you guys to hear this song.
I start off with, he knows my name. And the Lord wanted me to share with you guys what happened to me today. And I didn't realize how much I am seen. And I had no clue to the fact that I am seen, that it overwhelmed me by what I'm about to share with you guys. And so today, being a day that I was sitting at work, and let me back you guys up. I reached out to a team to apply for a job because I was tired of being in the place where I am with my, I still need it. Uh, I was tired of being in the place with my boss. And it was one of them days that she was just really beating on me. And it wasn't beating on me because of the fact that I did something wrong. It was beating on me because somebody was beating on her. And she was one of them individuals that when somebody hit her, she kicks the dog, she kicks the cat, she kicks her employees. And even though she was calling me her best and dearest friend, she would, I mean, really beat me with her words. I remember her saying to me something as simple as this. She said, you know, um, the reason why you can't make any decisions because you can't even deal with the stupid stuff in your household and you can't even deal with that. So how can you even begin to deal with the stuff that's in my space? And I stopped for a moment and said, where did that come from? And then there's been other times where she literally said some things to me that has been, you know, HR. HR, I should go to HR. But because I operate in grace and mercy, and another thing, I, I have dealt with difficult people, so I'm able to brush it off as if it's nothing. Because I know it's the demon that's hitting me, it's not the woman. But in the course of all of this stuff that's going forward, I ran downstairs to have a conversation with you know, a general manager and just asked her to take me. Knowing that she was a Christian, I said, oh, can I just come in your space because I need refuge. She then connected me with a gentleman and they have been pursuing me since March trying to get me to apply for a job in their space. With much difficulties, I declined the position. The gentleman ended up not talking to me last week and was, you know, really upset because they had been pursuing me since March trying to get me to apply for a position. But in the midst of looking to apply for a position, God raised up one of my peers to have a conversation with me, and I, I don't know why I reached out to her, but in reaching out to her, I asked her the simple question, should I go here and apply in this particular place? And she said, no, I've been looking at positions for some time. 
and you're a better fit for this particular position, you would rock the heck out of this particular place if you go in this particular area. I don't know. I just immediately begin to apply. And I set my resume in order, set everything in its rightful place, and I hit send, and I was shocked. And I don't know why I did it. Normally you got to, you know, have enough courage to sit down and go before your boss and have a conversation. I didn't realize I did the initial apply for the job and all they were waiting for me to upload my resume. And you know how you get a message after message after message saying, you got something pending, you need to attend to it. And so I kept getting these notifications. And so my boss in return calls me and she says, such and such is applied out, this person's applied out, that person's applied out. And then I literally said to her, and I am too. She didn't fight me. She didn't have anything to say, but oh, wow. She then turned around and offered me a position and said, I was looking to put you over here because I really believe that you would do wonders for me over here to hold on to me. And here's my day. I have to put a, together a PowerPoint presentation, which I have to do over the weekend. And the presentation has to be about the job, so you have to investigate. In our space, you have to investigate the job, make sure you have enough wisdom on the job before you sit before the people. But you also you know, need to talk to everybody around and get their blessing before you go. You just can't apply for a job without getting everybody's blessing. So I got the blessing of my boss. I then had to get the blessing of her boss. And so I sat down with her boss and she was like, here's my PowerPoint presentation. I've got a whole bunch of my apply for I don't know how many jobs. Take this one. Oh, this is not that great. You probably don't think that this is so great, but I'm going to send it to you anyway, but I promise you I will keep looking. She then said, get with this person, get with this person, get with that person. So I had her blessing. And she didn't stop me, but then she turned around and asked me my opinion, as she always does. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? What do you think of that? And I encourage her as I can. I then went back to the person who referred me and I asked a simple question. I said, you know, I really need to get some additional insight and a better contact. She began to spill out all these people out of her mouth and I said, wait a minute, before you go to them, I need to know whether or not they're applying for the position because I don't think it's fair for me to take their wisdom if they're applying for the position because then I have a head up and I want to basically do what's right and just. So she reached out to all these people, and in return, they all said, Kathy? And they said, oh, my God, I would love to talk to Kathy. And so I popped them up immediately after and said, hey, can I have a few minutes, uh, no more than 10 minutes to chat with you? The first individual, I began to have a conversation with her, and she said, oh, my God, this position you would rock the heck out of it. And she began to talk to me about me and tell me so much about me 
not having enough interaction with her, she told me so much about me, and she began to praise me that I stopped listening because it was too much for me to take in. And I stood there, and I, I stood there and I stared for a while, and so I brought Cinnamon into the room and I said, hey, listen to this, listen to this call, pay attention to this because I need you to help me glean information from this particular woman, so just in case I missed something. But the woman went on and on and on, and she gave me every resource, told me everything I needed to know, and even gave me insight of what's there. And as I was talking to her, the other girl said, I'm available at three. We can talk. And so I then called this other girl at three o'clock after hanging up, and she I only know this woman in passing. Hey, Kathy, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? That's all we know each other. I, I've never sat in a room with her. I walked in rooms where she's at, and she's been very cordial and exciting to have conversations with me. I don't know her how she thinks I know her. And I can recall meeting this woman at a conference I was at, and she was telling me that she wasn't going to take one of my associates because one of my associates didn't do a good job on the interview. And I was like, fine, I can pass that on. But that's the extent of our conversation. But she's always been jazzed to see me. And so as I'm on the phone, number one, I don't even know the girl's name. And so when I popped her up and I see her face on video camera, and I'm like, oh, I, you know, like, oh, girl, you know, but I didn't tell her, I didn't know her. And you know, I, I just don't know names. And so as I'm talking to her, she's like, I adore you. And she said, and your name speaks for itself. So I said, girl, I just really wanted to get some insight from you because I sent your boss an email and he still hasn't replied to my email and I just asked for five minutes on his calendar to introduce myself and understand what this world is needing. So she's like, let me tell you something. He is so overwhelmed that he cannot even get to emails. So don't be offended by that because that's where he's at right now. She said, but I really need you to focus on this, 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 and start telling me all about the position. And she gave me such a great list and such a great insight, and then she stopped. And I said, wow, but I never got a chance to get on this calendar to do it here. I would love to have had a conversation with before before anything. She said, girl, you don't think they do that homework? She said, I'm going to tell you now, if you talk to this person, they're going to say this about you. If you talk to this person, they're going to say this about you. If you talk to this person, they're going to say this about you. And then she went on to call out, and she said, and even if you talk to your boss, Liz, she's a 100% of supporter of you. She said, so what is your problem? And then I heard the song, He Knows My Name. Now I take you back to 2016 or probably 15, I believe, that I was having trouble in the job because the woman that was overseeing me was trying to make me her scapegoat. 
and she was trying to blame all the issues that was going on in the organization for that particular team I was managing as my problem. That I caused her to go down here. And she was looking, you know how people look for people to blame. And it never happened. But I did pray this prayer. I prayed a prayer that this organization would know my wealth, worth, and my value, and that I would be seen. God has caused me to be seen in so many places that I am so overwhelmed by his presence. When I say he, know, he knows my name, they know my name. And, and, and they know my name even though I may have just been in passing with them. I am so floored by this. It ain't about the job. It is about what God just showed me. So whether I get this position or not, it's not what matters. It is how God sees me. And so one of the girls literally said, I'm going to tell you now, if you don't get this job, I'm going to make absolutely sure that I speak of you because we got a position that's coming forth in a, a three months, and that position will be yours if you want it. And I sat back, and I was like, whoa. Now, the gentleman downstairs who I bypassed this job, he told me, the day the position came open, he sent me a message. The day that he was getting ready to close the position, he sent me a message. He then came back on Monday morning when he was supposed to close that position on Friday, checked to see if I applied, and said, I'm going to keep it open a little bit longer to give you the opportunity to make that decision. Will you apply? I was full of anxiety. I did not know what to do. And so I called on some support, and everybody that I called on to ask, was this the right road? They said, don't go down. You're going up. And as I began to look, I heard God say that to me, too. But a lot of times, we don't think God knows our name. We don't think God walks with us. Did you hear the song? You know my name. Oh, how you walk with me. He knows us. And he knows every aspect of us. And he makes sure we're known by others because of him. He goes out of his way to put them, put us on their hearts, to remember who we are, to not only remember who we are, but what we represent. I feel like you, okay, because I'm so overwhelmed by my Lord. I'm beyond 
words that I, I didn't know what to say. And so I'm floored to a point to whereby I'm just like, how do you know me? And I'm, I'm literally saying to these people, how do you know me? And say, Cinnamon says, you need to teach a message because evidently you don't know that you're being seen and recognized by the spirit of the Lord that resides in you. So true. I, like I said, like when I got my song, I didn't even have a high school diploma. And I thought, like, you know, no, there's no way with the, with the Lord, because it is God that makes the people's hearts change. So whatever he has to do. But for me to become a supervisor in the company for all the unified school district, and I have a high school diploma, that's like unheard of. You know what I mean? But I mean, I would like to go get my GD because I wanted to do that because that's all like it was wrong not to have it, you know? But, and then like a few years after that, they made a rule that you have to have your high school diploma, you know, to be able to become super, any promotion, you know, that you would have. And I just know in my whole steps, and that's why I feel like that, that it's only because of his grace and his love and mercy that he has all these people lifting you up and you don't even know mm-hmm. how come and what you know what it, why it is but it's yeah. so true yes it is you don't even know why why and you don't know why he does what he does yeah. and you have no clue why he he's doing what he's done mm-hmm. and you're sitting back in total amazement because you're like oh my god you know my name mm-hmm. oh, oh how you walk with me oh how you talk to, with me you clearly know my name. And and, and these people know my name. And, and, and when the woman said, it's not a person that doesn't know who you are that will speak negatively of you. She said, everyone you touch, you made an impact on. And then I'm like, and, and I'm sitting there so moved by what they're saying about me that I can't take it in, that I don't know how to digest it. And all I'm saying is, whoa, Lord, you know me. It's like he's went before me and said, hi, this is Ocasius. It's like there was an introduction made by him to others about me. And so there's an introduction made to others about you. And so many times we're trying to prep ourselves and make sure we present the best of ourselves. And the Lord literally say, you're going in my name. And because you're going in my name, they will know you. And you will have favor among men because of me. Do you guys see the word? We've read that in scripture many times over. You will have favor in front of man because of me. Amen. And and I'm sitting there looking at God's favor go before me, and and even to the favor to where everybody's saying, I need you out of this toxic environment, so we're going to find jobs for you that you can fit into. (laughs) 
They're looking for a place for me. Mm. And, and I didn't I didn't seek to apply. They they literally said, No, this is what is, this is what you will fit in, and this is the better fit. Even to the person that allowed that fought, found the job for me, she literally said, If you don't get this job, I want you to apply for the same job. One of us will get it. Mm. And I was like, I don't want to go up against you. And the reason why I didn't want to go up against her, because I knew I had more favor in her. And I'm sitting back like, I won't do that to you. Because I value our relationship. Mm -hmm. And so I'll stand down. And I said, if you're going for this position, let me know because I don't want to do it. But she said, I picked this for you because this is everything that looks like you. And I'm like, and then she began to tell me all the great things God did in me. She told me about me better than me. <coughs> and she began to speak of me in places that I didn't even know I was being seen. That the Spirit of the Lord puts us on the hearts of others and they are able to see the works of God. Not only the works of God, but the hand of the Lord upon us. <clears throat> he said, you've got to stop doubting that I am for you. Amen. How often do we sing that song, he is for you, he is for you, he is for you. But we haven't taken that in. We haven't digest he is for you. Nor have we digest he knows our name. And, and that's where our trust and our, our faith has to be, not in ourselves, but in the Lord. And so Amen. as I was sitting there uh, talking about this, he was literally saying to me, I want you to give this testimony to them and share with them what you see. I don't even know how to process what I've seen today. I don't know what to say regarding what I've seen today. Because it didn't make sense to me what I see. And, and I got like a desk full of notes. And then the funny part about it, the desk I have is full of notes. Then Cinnamon comes behind me and says, da 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 da, mom, this, I have the ability to work with the people here. And then Cinnamon starts sending me references. And I'm like, what is this, Lord? But the main reason why he, he, he brought this to my attention, because I, I'm like you and everybody on this call, we shy away from favor. We push favor away. 
We don't want to have anything to do with favor because we don't want people to see us. Oh, that's not that's not me. I don't want that type of attention. I don't want to be in that type of place. I don't want people, you know, recognizing me in the places that I'm in. But God wants you to be recognized. He wants others to see you. He wants others to handle and touch you because you belong to him. And so many of us will shy away from favor. We will shy away from the presence of God because we say, Lord, I don't want any light. And we will literally say, let your light so shine. But we're really saying we're dimming the light of God. And not realizing that that's what it's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to look like. That's what his favor is supposed to cause others to say, ah. And so when he began to show me favor, he began to show me when he was in Jerusalem and everybody began to throw their cloth on the ground in awe of him. They were so in awe of him that they basically took off whatever they had and they laid it on the ground because they wanted him to basically take on a piece of them. So they offered everything. And they could not help but to offer because they recognized who he was. And so, so the Lord said, in that place of favor, they're going to offer things to you. But in that place of favor, when somebody offers something to us, what do we do? Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. It's okay, don't give me that. Oh, no, I didn't ask for nothing from you. Oh, no. Because the last thing we want to do is feel like we're needy. Mm-hmm. But it's not your needy. If God wants to bless you, because that's His desire, and they have, they find when they're in the presence of God, what do they want to do? They want to take off everything they have, and they want to what? Share it with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so people will take off and offer you stuff. You're like, oh. You need this, you need that, you need this. Well, my kids, my kids and I don't need that, but he'll take it anyway. That's the favor of the Lord. And that's the favor of the Lord upon you. And you have to begin to embrace it. Even if it's not something you need now, God wants you to take on that resource because he's going to put somebody in your path that's going to need what you have and you're going to be a resource to somebody else, but you cannot become a resource because of the fact that we don't want the favor and we don't want the recognition. And so in my mind, as she began to speak well of me and say all these great things about me, I was like, I didn't know how to take it in. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't even know how to process it, so I left it on the table. So it's sitting in the atmosphere because I could not take it in because I didn't know what to do with it. Mm. Now you're doing it again. Yeah, because the song <laughs> says he knows my name. Amen. Oh, how he walks with me. Oh, how he talks to me. He knows my name. Yeah. He you. knows your name. 
Oh, how you walk with him. Oh, how you talk to him. He knows your name. And we have to be open to be a resource to those around us and not be in that position to whereby we're saying, no, 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 no. And even if we are individuals that try to hoard everything, thinking everything for him, he's literally saying, if you become a resource to others, then you will never lack. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Because he showed me that I have been a resource to others. And because I have been a resource to others, I, I, there's no lack. Thank you, Lord. But if you have lack in your life, it's because you have sought to hoard it. You have made it about you, and you have not made it about the Lord. And you have to extend your hand instead of always opening your hand. He said, do not you see what I'm doing? Do not you see the favor that is upon you? Do not you recognize how you're walking? You're not walking as you have walked before. He said, hear me as I speak. He said, for I speak to those who are willing to share me with others. And as you share me with others, I will provide in your space. I will say it, Lord. Ask God for one thing. And you probably think in my career. I said, Lord, before I retire, I just want to climb one more ladder. I want VP or director on my name. I said, I want to retire with a VP or director title. I don't want to leave this world as a manager. And I said, I don't want to leave here as a manager. Do you know when I said that? Probably 20 years, 20 plus years ago. 20 plus years ago. But he heard me and he's faithful. He's faithful to his word. And even though it took a long time it wasn't that I couldn't sit in the seat before. I didn't want it. I was afraid of it. But the fear is gone. And a lot of times, listen to what I'm saying, you guys. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that I couldn't sit in the seat before, but I was so gripped by fear of failure that I could not walk in the place where he desired. I was so caught up on my shortcomings that I didn't see that he overcomes my shortcomings. I didn't see that they can't see my shortcoming if he's going before me. I didn't know that my shortcoming would be surrendered to him if he's walking with me. Amen. All I could see is my fear. 
all I can see is the things that I overthought. Uh, I would always overthink. I would always be frustrated because I would overthink everything. And the Lord is literally taking the things that I have made God to and have brought them down to nothing. And he literally is telling me, this is the place that I have always called you into. And what sometimes hinders us from moving in the place that God is calling us into is how we see ourselves. Stop looking for yourself and see him. Is that the same thing that, you know, when they were trying to go into the promised land, it took them 40 years because they could see themselves. Exactly. They could have just did it in, I mean, a few days, he said, you know, but they just kept trying. Because we don't see Christ. Mm-hmm. We make our issues more valuable than Christ himself. Mm-hmm. We put titles on our issues. And we exalt them before God, and we constantly ask God to speak to something that he overcame on the cross. And they're no longer a part of us, and God is literally waiting on us to release these things to him so that he can move mightily in the space so that you can bring others out of the places where you walked. But you can't get there because... You don't believe he knows your name. (laughs) You can't get there because you don't think he's walking with you. You can't get there because you don't even think he talks to you. (laughs) He knows my name. And not only does he know my name, he has told others about me. People have had conversations about me not in my presence. And I'm sitting back like, whoa, I used to believe that people have conversations about people not in their presence. All they were doing is talking about them negatively. Them negatively. You hear me? Just looking and saying some bad things about you because you come in the room and everybody stop talking and you just think, oh my God, what did they say about me? Right. So I would always be in a room that I'd be like, let me hurry up and get in the room before they get in the room so they won't talk about me. <laughs> I know what it feels like to walk in a room and everybody shut up because they know you're in the room and you know they're talking about you. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that's what the conversation was about negatively, but now I see that there's good things that are being said about me without my knowledge. Mm-hmm. We only see the negative. But that's what we only think. Uh-huh. So we think they know our name based on negative things. And, and they see us based on our negative behavior, but they know your name. Uh-huh. And not only is it that they know your name, they know what, where you're supposed to be. Get it? They know where 
where you're supposed to be. The problem is we don't know where we're supposed to be. We don't know where we're supposed to be. <laughs> and the reason why we don't know where we're supposed to be is because we're so busy trying to find us and not find him. <clears throat> because if you find him, he's going to put you where you're supposed to be. But as long as we're trying to find where we belong, we're never going to get there. Because he makes the way for you. You don't make the way for yourself. And so I'm watching my Lord make a way for me. I'm watching my Lord move on my behalf. I'm watching my Lord celebrate me. And I'm saying, I don't deserve this. And as he's celebrating me, I'm thinking of all the stuff I'm doing wrong. And, and as, I, as I'm driving to the rock, you know, I get here early and I'm just sitting because I'm dumbfounded. And I'm dumbfounded because I'm saying, sin detector. Don't you guys get it? Sin detector. And then it goes to me. Can I share something? Yes. (laughs) This message is hitting home so much. It's almost like directly in alignment with what I experienced this week as well. And the the sin detector part just threw me for a loop. I was cracking up right now because (laughs) I I work uh, part-time for this nonprofit. It's a social justice nonprofit, and I help them run their social media. And it's been going good. I've been working with them since July, then I stopped later on in the summer and I just went back on. Um, and then coming back on, I was scared to ask for more hours because I had just decreased my hours and they immediately gave me my hours back. And I'm like, whoa, wow. Okay, that was excited. We miss you, we love you. We, we want you back on the team without question. You can start today. And I'm like, okay, oh my gosh, I'm not expecting this. And so it's been maybe like a month now that I've been working with them again. And recently I was like, Lord, I really want to run their art department. Um, and I'm like, Lord, I really want to teach art classes outside of the nonprofit. I really want to teach art classes, Lord. I'm like, let me just draft up a course and I'm going to find the people. My boss, she literally calls me up maybe a week after I've drafted up a course saying, Saida, I just got this grant for an art course. I only want you to teach it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this is crazy. She's like, yeah, draft, draft me up a course, whatever you want to do. I want to start um, by the beginning of November dropped up the course, send it to her. She's like, oh, oh my gosh, I love this. Um, I'm ready to do it. Just send me the supplies you need. So I send her the supplies, everything's going. Um, And then she just recently got another grant um, for art for this coming year. And I'm like, this is before I find out that she has a grant. And I'm just laying in my bed and I'm talking to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I want to run her art department. I'm like, I want to become an art director of some sort. I literally get an email from her drafting me into the to the email about her getting this grant, calling me her art director. She was like, let me connect you with my art director. And I'm like, why is she calling me her art director? That is not my title. I'm her social media coordinator. 
she called. Yeah. <laughs> she sends me she sends me an email on the side. She's like, Sai, I want to have a, a quick meeting with you. She's like, I know we don't have a meeting scheduled for tomorrow, but if you have some time for me, I just want to schedule a quick meeting with you. And I'm kind of scared, you guys. So let me fill you in. On Monday, we had this meeting. She wants to send us to like a retreat. It's just a small team of like four of us, I think, total. She's like, I want to treat you guys to a retreat by the end of the year. She sends us a link to the retreat, and it's a somatic healing retreat. So anti-Christ. It's like, it's so like, you know, new age. You know, like, oh my gosh, I can't go to this. How do I tell this lady I'm not going to go to this, like, retreat that she wants to take us to? So in our Monday meeting, she's asking, she's like, hey, at the end of the meeting, she's like, hey, you guys, um, did you guys see the retreat? Do you want to go to it? And I was like, you know what? I said, I think I'm okay. So she looks at me. She's like, why? She's a Christian too. And we kind of have like, we talk, we talk about God, but not all the time, but she, she knows my stance on Christ. And so I was like, to be honest, Juanette, the, the retreat is just a little too anti-Christ for me. She's like, what really? And immediately after I say that, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I just told my boss, like <laughs> she's so anti-Christ and I'm kind of scared. So the week goes on and I don't hear from her again. And then that's when the, I get the email of her calling me the art director. And I'm kind of like shook because the night before I was like, Lord, I really want to be this lady's art director. But I'm also thinking, I feel like I just told this lady she's a witch pretty much and she doesn't want to do anything with me. She complete, she didn't even remember that conversation because I ended up apologizing. I'm like, you know what I said about the retreat? I, I apologize if I offended you. Definitely didn't mean to. It just my views are different. She was like, Sly, that's completely fine. I want to talk to you about something different. I want you to run my art department. Literally, like within, I've been back maybe like a month now um, and going from a coordinator, just like a regular bottom tier position she wants me to start off as her art director next month when I lead this art class. So I asked the Lord two Ooh. things. Like I asked the Lord first for the art classes and I just heard the Lord tell me like prep an art course. And I'm like, okay, Lord, but I don't have no students. <laughs> like I don't know what to do with them. I do the art course. My boss calls me up. She was like, I want you to spearhead an art course. I say the same thing. I'm like, I really want to be like, I really want to run this woman's art department but I'm scared because I feel like I just insulted her and I don't even know how to ask for more hours how to ask for more work I don't even know that because I'm coming in judging myself exactly how you've been saying pastor like we think so lowly of ourselves and I was thinking so low of myself when this lady asked me to be her art um art director she told me that there's this gallery that I just went to maybe a couple months ago and they just opened a new space in um in LA I went there and I'm like, oh my God, I really want to work with this company. She just came from a convention and she met the owner of that company. She was like, Sai, have you ever heard of this brand? And she sends me that she sends me a picture of the lady's business card. It's the owner of the company. And these are the people that she really wants to work with. And I'm like, wow, Lord, these are all of the things that I've been saying to you that I want to do. And it's not even been like some deep prayer, just like, Lord, I really want to do this. Like, I don't know how, but that's all I've been saying to the Lord. And not even fully trusting. But when the things come my way, I'm shook it. And I'm definitely having some like sin detector moments like, oh my God, but I've been doing this. I've been doing that. But like, oh my gosh, like, is this really happening? Can I really get this? You know? But I just praise God for this whole message because it's showing me one, to have faith in the Lord, <laughs> to not doubt Him anymore. And these desires of my heart, when I give them to the Lord and I lead and I allow him to lead first, he does all of the doors. I literally had to do nothing to get these things that I've asked for besides just ask the Lord for it 
and trust him. And even sometimes when I'm not fully trusting him, he still opens those doors for us. And like Pass has been saying, like they know our names. My boss speaks highly of me. And I'm like, oh my God, I I'm I offended this woman. And she's still speaking highly of me and still putting me into conversation. So it's just, it's all the Lord's doing. (laughs) Like (laughs) Pass has been saying they know our names and they're speaking well on our behalves because we are, we are following the Lord and the Lord knows that the things that we have or the places that we're going to go into, he's entrusting them to, he's entrusting us to share them with, um, with the people, whether it's work or whatever the case. But I just want to share that because it's like a praise report, it's a testimony. And I just want to share it because pastor, what you've been saying about your story, um, is so in alignment. I'm just like, it's just a blessing to hear. Um, so just praise God. Yeah. Just want to share that. Wow. Amen. So if we can go to Isaiah. <clears throat> wow. I'm trying to make sure which one. Isaiah 43, 1 to 7. favorite chapter. So literally we have a hashtag favorite. Precious, if you can do it again, the enduring now. Okay, one second. Okay. 43, 1 to 7. You have a Bible, right? Yes, I do. Oh, well, Mike, I can. I have one extra one in the car if you ever want me. Well, I can give you one. Um, so the title of this is called Fear Not, and the subtitle says Reasons Not to Fear. Fear not, knowing you belong to the Lord. But now, thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Says the Lord who created you and he who formed you, God speaks to his people as their creator. God has a special and unique claim upon us because he is our creator. When men forget or reject God as creator, they fail in the most basic obligation they have to God. Fear not. This is a command accompanied by promises By outward circumstances, the people of Judah had to reason to be afraid of Babylon's army and exile. God points them past the present circumstances to both this command and promise. Let me stop you right here. Mm -hmm. I just stop you right here. It's so important that we understand what's being said here. It said, fear not. The more we have heard that, the more we put ourselves in a place of fear. And God is looking to really remove that fear from us and get us to a place that we're no longer concerned about the things that we have been concerned about. You know, as I've said, and Saida has said as well, 
we're so busy looking at our imperfections that we think that we're going to miss blessings because of our imperfections. God knows the imperfections are there. And the problem is we know that they are there as well. But because we know that our imperfections are there, we tend to think that these are grounds for punishment. And the reason why we see them as grounds for punishment is because we're always judging others. And we're mm-hmm. so harsh to one another that we don't see that every man is going to stumble and fall. I don't care who they are. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we're going to stumble and fall is because we're imperfect people. And because we're imperfect people, we have to stop having the expectation that somebody's going to be perfect. I don't care who you are, what seat you sit in, or where you're at, you're imperfect. And and, and the sooner we come to a place of extending grace to them and ourselves, we will no longer be in this position to whereby we miss the things of God because we're sin inspectors. I'll say it the way he says. I judge you not. Amen. Amen. So if I don't judge you, who gives you the right to judge another? Scriptures yeah. even says that to us. But yet we still find ourselves in the seat of judgment. Takiyah, can you find that about judgment? Where God says, I judge you not. Mm-hmm. But yet we're always in that position to where we're constantly judging, 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 judging. And, and, and for leaders, you guys have even a harsher judgment against the leaders because you have an expectation that they're going to have some form of perfection. Oh, mm-hmm. they, they hear God so well. They spend quality time with the Lord. You would think they would be perfect people. We got the same flesh on the inside of us that you have, Mm -hmm. that we were born into as you have. It doesn't change who we are. That just means we're going to get harder, hit harder. And the main reason why we get hit harder, because most of the time, people don't pray for leaders. That is true. I'm just being real. And more eyes on leaders. Yeah, yeah, more eyes upon leaders, and people don't pray for leaders, and the leaders are delivering you from your sin, but you ain't thinking about helping them get through theirs. Mm. Just being real. And then you wonder what? How did that leader fall in that area? How did that leader come into that homosexual lifestyle, or whatever the case may be? Were you covering them? And the only thing you can say, oh, let me get away from them because I don't want their sin on me. Well, your sin is that you didn't pray. Mm. You didn't cover. Oh, I don't want to pray for them or give them a word because if I pray for them and give them a word, if it's wrong, oh, my God. They may have something to say, but we need it. I remember this gentleman Writing a song saying, will you pray for me? It's some song that this guy literally asked the 
pray for me? <laughs> but we sing the song because it's a nice, catchy song, but we never stop to say, oh, my God, he's asking for prayer. It's a song that he says, will you pray for me? It's a song that he, he, he wrote as a leader asking people to pray for him. And we all sing a song. I wish I knew the lyrics of the song, but it literally says, will you pray for me? And, and we don't pray because we think they got it made. They're good. They're good people because they know me. But in the place where they are, we need the greatest prayer because we're struggling just like you. Mm-hmm. We're falling short just like you. We're missing the mark just like you. We get tempted even more just like you. You can tell us of what you're going through, and that enemy will basically come on up. But we don't see that. And so it's so hard for many of us to overcome because if you're in any form of leadership, I'm not just talking about in the church, I'm talking about even a leader in your own household. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a leader before your children. Mm-hmm. Okay? Even in the place where you're at, you got to listen to what the Lord is saying. And so many of us are in the places that we don't see or deem ourselves to be of any value is because we've been torn down by those around us. And in that place where we've been torn down by those around us, we've been torn down because of judgment. And many of you are walking in places, it's because of judgment. Sometimes it's because of what you issue out. It's as a result of what you're issuing out. Yeah, that means you're judging others. Mm-hmm. And because you're judging others, it's a boomerang effect. It comes back and it rests on you. You're thinking you're giving it out to somebody else, but really you're working against your own flesh. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you said that with me. But I know you make it would be even Michael as we were having a conversation oh these kids don't do well with their parents that's a judgment mm-hmm. we don't know what's really going on behind the scenes where the disconnect in the relationship extends okay and in that place we have to be the bridge between it We have to be the person that's praying to restore the relationship when we see things going wrong. When I give you that, when you say the the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, you're judging them because you're saying that. Wait a minute. (laughs) The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. You're the tree. I'm just saying that when you see people that, I'm not saying about me, but you know like when you're working and, and you're yeah. just with kids all the time, and then you see the kids misbehaving, <laughs> and you hear people say, wow, the, 
Apple doesn't fall, fall from the tree because the mama yeah. misbehaves. Yeah, yeah. 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 and she's a mother coming and the mother is coming crazy. But no wonder the kid is young, but that's all judgment. And that's praying for them. We're not, we're not uh, doing what we're supposed to do. We're just judging them and saying, watch them just like their mother or they're just like the but, but you fail to understand what's most important. If he knows our name, he mm-hmm. knows their name. Yes. And he knows their name in the same way he's kind about them. You got to be kind about them as well because he knows their name. So it's not just your name he knows. He knows their name and he knows when they're going to belong to him. Yeah, he created them. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what you asked. I know what you said. Well, when they found, he created them. Yeah. Oh, because like when Mary Matt, you know, yeah. she was doing that, you know, and all the other people, they saw these people are judging her, and he told them throw the first walk if you haven't, because he right. loved her. He didn't care what she had done, you know. He and that's the way he wants us to love everybody and and pray for them and. Because he knows their name. And he knows everything about them, so you don't need to tell him about them. So he knows their name. A couple of scriptures. Um, Romans 8 is a great one. I just love this one. Uh, Romans 8, verse 1, I'm reading Amplified. <clears throat> it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no judging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ. Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. Amen. For the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has freed me from the law of sin and death. And if we fast forward down in that same chapter, there is, starting at verse 29 in verse 30, it says, For those whom he foreknew, of whom he was aware and loved beforehand, he also destined from the beginning for ordaining them to be molded into the image of his son and share inwardly his likeness, that he might become the firstborn among many brethren. And those whom he thus foreordained, he also called. And those, and those whom he called, he also justified, acquitted, made righteous, putting them into right standing with himself, and thus whom he justified, he also glorified, raising them to a heavenly dignity and condition or state of being. And the Lord said, you must bring this out. And what he wants to bring out that's most important about you is all the stuff that you say you're not, you've got to stop saying that. All the stuff that you're saying that you cannot become, you got to stop saying that. You got to stop living in your path. And you have to overcome self judgment. Amen. And in order to walk in purpose, many of us don't take the steps to walk beyond where we're at because we're so busy caught up in self judgment. And that's why it's so easy for us to see something wrong in others. It's because we're so critical against ourselves. 
You can never see somebody else if you're not in judgment. All you would see is what God says about them. When you're in judgment, you see everything wrong with them because you could see yourself. They become a mirror to you. Mm. Hopefully you guys see that. They become a mirror to you. So the things you're pointing out wrong in them is really in you. Because you see a reflection of your struggles. You're not seeing a reflection of their struggles. It's your struggles. And and the Lord literally said for the 90% of the time, 90% of the time, these are things that you haven't surrendered to God, but God has literally called you free in these areas. Amen. Oh, that's deep. Mm-hmm. Amen. But he calls you free and you still holding on it, on to it. And so that's why you could see, and and when you finally release it, you won't have an opinion of others other than the great things that God has shared with you regarding them. He said, you will then walk in freedom. And so when you're walking in freedom, you're not looking for that beep, 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 beep. Because you know that God has set you free. And even if there's a beep, it's a beep of righteousness. Because he's overturned your sins. He said, say to them again, you are free. Jesus, yes. He says, say them to them again. He knows my name. Mm. And you're not walking alone. He says, oh, how he walks with me. Oh, how he talks to me. Or he knows my name. He said, you must say that. He said, you're not like Kathy. She know who you are, but she don't know your name. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there's many people like that. (laughs) 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 Because I don't know everything about you, but I don't know your name. Who are you? (laughs) And then you come back to me later and say, you said this and that about me. I'm like, I don't know you. That's you, Pastor. <laughs> I remember I come to pick you. You never call me. You just call Douglas wife, Douglas wife. Yeah. And after this one, you call me Anita. Make me what? <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's it. That's sorry, me in TQFM. Many that's weeks. It took me years to know her name because I knew her by her spirit and I called her by 
Bill make me upset before, Pastor. Yes. <laughs> Douglas Wright. Douglas Wright. And I said, you upset. <laughs> Of course, and at the time you call me Anira, and let me what? See now my name That's why this is this is cool. <laughs> One day you even took your 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 hands and put it on my face and said, "Say my name," <laughs> and I said, "Uh, uh, uh." <laughs> she literally held me hostage and said, "Say my name," and I said. Lord, you got to give me this woman name. I cannot say worship, okay? And then he gave me the name. I was like, oh, God, she let me go. <laughs> and so he literally said, because we know people by their character, if you get what I'm saying, by the mm-hmm. bad things or the things that really stand out to us. And, and he knows us by name. Yes. It's not the negative things. It's the great things. And Nita, I'm not saying it was the negative thing. I just knew you by worship because he said to me, this I one worships. So I thank God now you know my name, Pastor. And you will laugh because he doesn't call Douglas Douglas. Uh-huh. He calls him, how would I say, Lord? He calls him his sword. Mm. What, what, Pastor? Can you repeat again? He's a sword. So in the spirit, he's a sword. So I know when the sword is in the room that it, it's wiping away everything that's, that's hindering. So a, a lot of times you guys are looking to pray, but if that sword is standing by that door, I don't have to worry about anything because that sword is going to get everything in sight and mm-hmm. it's going to get some simple laughter. And so I know him by that. And if you're really intimate with God, he'll say woman or he'll say man. He won't necessarily call you by name. He calls you woman or man. But that's the greatest honor that he could ever speak of you. It's the greatest honor. And so if you hear woman, stand up, man, do this. He's saying, this is my creation, and I'm honoring what I created. So he extends that great honor to you. And so that's how much he knows your name. Precious, you want to take us a little bit further? For I have redeemed you. <clears throat> Not only did Israel have an obligation to God as their creator, but also as their redeemer. He is the one who bought them out of Israel, I mean, out of literal exile and spiritual slavery. The redeemer bought an unfortunate relative. What is spiritual slavery, you guys? Slave to sin, but you do whatever your flesh is telling you to do. Yeah, the dictations. Oh. Yeah, the things that we hear. What? What just happened? That is, that is Michael acknowledging his, his, his spiritual sin. Okay. 
And so in that place, it's a freedom from it. It's a freedom from what's calling you. It's a freedom from the things that constantly resonate on your heart that says, today I need to have a drink. Today I need to go get some sugar. Today I need to have this. These are the things that you readily can deny. And you can say, not today. I'm not going to, you know, take on that sugar. Hopefully you know sugar is the same thing as a form of alcohol because everything deals with sugar. No, I'm to take all that candy back. <laughs> 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 Whoops. <laughs> Whoops, me. That's funny. That's hilarious. I've learned over the years that when my brother could not get his drug of choice, he would go and he would fill up with sugar water. He would fill a jar of he would put, fill a jar up with sugar and water, and he would drink it because it would stop his jitters. And so in that, it was sugar water. And so it was the same thing that he was putting in his body. And then I was sitting back and I said, oh, my God, Lord, I have that same addiction because I can eat a whole cake. And so that's why if you notice, you guys hey, Pastor, you okay? Oh, no, oh, no, okay. That's sugar water to me, okay? Because all I'm doing is putting that in, and, and it causes me to shake because, you know, when you eat too much sugar, you get the shakes. And so the Lord was showing me my own addiction, but it didn't look like his. And so it was easy for me to point out his sin, but I was walking in the same place. We all got something, you guys. So that's why we can't judge. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. It just plays out in us differently. Hopefully you guys see it. Mm-hmm. It just plays out differently. It's the same addiction. Food is an addiction. Mm-hmm. Okay? It just plays out differently. It is your food of trust choice, just like it's your drug of choice, but we don't call food of choice drugs. But when you sit back and you touch your belly at Thanksgiving Day and you talking about how good you feel, it is your drug of choice. Well, <laughs> That's a food coma. You know how you do it? Oh, God, I'm in a food coma. Wouldn't you think they're in comas too? <laughs> it just plays out in us differently. Yeah. And we mask our addiction where they can't mask theirs. Mm-hmm. And just like their addiction calls them, our addiction calls us. It's a Starbucks. Okay? And, and it calls us to the most unhealthiest things because it's our addiction. And we may not have that as an addiction, but money may be our addiction. Uh-uh. Overspending may be our addiction. It is an addiction. And we have to deal with our addiction. And the way we deal with that is just surrender it, you guys. You know, I'm tired of doing what I do. That's all. 
It's not the point where you beat yourself up with it. Because I recognize, and this is what the Lord has taught me over the years, I fall short. Then I spend 90 days or more beating up myself in the area where I fall short. And in that place where I'm falling short, I'm getting further and further and further and further away from God. And the reason why I'm getting further and further and further away from God, because I'm telling myself what I did wrong. And no matter how much I'm saying, how could you choose a person like me? And he's telling me, it's not my addiction. It's all how you walk with me. All how you talk with me. That's what he's saying to me. How you walk with me. How you talk to me. He's walking, but a lot of times we come alongside of him and walk with him. A lot of times we come alongside and talk to him. That's why he knows your name. Amen. Because he says, come, I'm walking over here. You say, I'm coming. And you drop everything to go with him. Uh-huh. And so that's why he knows your name. It's not about what you've done or what you don't do. We may not never hear me <laughs> correct some of this crazy stuff we, we do. But that doesn't mean he don't know our name. Amen. That doesn't mean that he doesn't know who we are. Because he sees the heart of the person. And that's all that matters. And he knows eventually we're going to stop judging ourselves because we're going to recognize he doesn't judge us. I think we confuse trials with judgment. Uh. Did you guys hear me? A trial is there to grow you in him. When he's testing what's on the inside of you. That's not he's judging you. He's trying to get something else in you that's greater than where you're standing. So he's going to bring things in your space to advance you because he knows that the level of people you got to talk to are coming out of that place. And so what it's really saying is I'm giving you another weapon. And we look at it as, oh, I failed you again. No, you're earning another weapon. My grandson, he is a black belt. And I don't even know why he chose that. (laughs) But then again, I do know why he chose that. Because he's a thinner man. And the last thing he wanted to do was be bullied. And I remember when he got his first belt, it was like, oh, you know, kick a couple of um, bricks that was plastic or whatever and break them a little bit in half. That was good. But as he began to advance, he had to do more. He had to fight more people. And then even he had to fight his trainer in order to gain his belt. And as he began to exchange these belts, I was like, oh, my God. Mm. 
what he began to do is to advance. And the way he was advancing is that he was removing the fear. And what God is doing as he's advancing us, he's removing the fear, but he's also <laughs> removing the self-judgment. And as he's removing the fear and self-judgment, he's taking you higher and higher in him that you don't even see yourself anymore. And so when someone speaks of you, you're like, oh, my God, who is that? When someone says something great about you, you're like, oh, my God, who is that person? Because you don't know them either. Because you've changed so much in Christ that you don't even see you because all you see is him. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. Because you're seeing through his eyes. And the reason why they're celebrating you is because they're celebrating Christ. I need you to find where they throw the garments down on the ground. Precious again, we read a little further. The Redeemer bought an unfortunate relative out of their slavery and debt. He rescued them and paid the slave price or debt they could not pay. When God calls himself our Redeemer, it looks forward, it looks forward to the price that must be paid for our salvation. I have called you by your name, you are mine. God twice owns his people. He has the right of ownership, both as creator and redeemer. His ownership is personal because he says, I have called you by your name. His ownership is certain because he seals it by saying, you are mine. Awesome. Awesome. Did you guys hear that? <clears throat> what is this ownership? Can you read that again, Precious? <clears throat> yep. I have called you by your name. You are mine. God twice owns his people. He has the right of ownership, both as creator and redeemer. His ownership is personal because he says, I have called you by your name. His ownership is certain because he seals it by saying, you are mine. Awesome. And so you guys see that. <clears throat> and so when he takes his claim in you, you are left without words. We see that when he called one of the disciples and he literally says to him that I knew you. Well, I seen you under the tree. And that individual was like, oh my God, how did you see me? And sometimes God identifies us in some strange places. And as he identifies us in these strange places, he's literally saying, 
he shows me like a, a, a place back in the old days where they would brand the animals and brand the animals. You know, mm-hmm. by they would put the little sticker on oh, the, brand the oh, animal. The and, and in the hot iron to where they would go in and make sure that it was really a tattoo. <laughs> they put a tattoo on the animals. They would tattoo them to show ownership. And God has tattooed us with the Holy Spirit to show ownership. And in that place where he has tattooed us, he's literally telling the earth that this one's mine. And everywhere you go, that tattoo stands for so people recognize the spirit of the Lord on the inside of you, and especially if they belong to him. That just brings more insight to knowing that we've truly been bought with the price. <laughs> <laughs> to the point whereby you never know. And you like, you know how people say, are you a Christian? And you're like, how do you know? Because they see it. They see that you are branded with Christ. Yes. That you are tattooed. Are you a Christian? Show me your body. Yes. They, they see who you are in the spirit. And they can identify you even when you can't identify yourself. And if you ever notice when you're being identified, half of the time you're being caught up in yourself. And somebody comes out of nowhere and says, are you a Christian? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> and so it shows that you've been branded by Christ. Uh, reading Mark chapter 11 verse 1 through a couple of verses down Um, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them go to the village ahead of you and just as you enter it you will find a coat tied there which no one has ever ridden Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a coat outside in the street, tied it at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that coat? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the coat to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the field. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple court. He looked around and at everything. But since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the 12. But it's literally saying that as you come forth, they're going to basically speak of who you are. And they cannot hold back the praise that comes from Adonai regarding you. Hopefully you guys hear that. Mm -hmm. They cannot hold it back. And so it's so important that you know that he knows your name. 
And so I close with this. Listen to the lyrics.
God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry. We pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.